0: Today's episode is sponsored by audible.com. Audible is a seller and producer of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming on the internet. Audible sells digital audiobooks, radio and TV programs, and audio versions of magazines and newspapers. To start using Audible today, please visit their website at www.audible.com. That's www.audible.com. So sorry for the interruption, but we have a quick announcement. We just put together a quick app to consolidate past and upcoming episodes of this show. To download the app, simply use your cell phone camera to scan the QR code on the screen. Then, simply add the app to your home screen for easy access and a better experience. Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they launched their businesses. Before we get started with today's guest, please follow Rami's Instagram account so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you'd like to watch previous episodes, simply click on Rami's IGTV section or scan the QR code at the beginning of this video to download the app. If you'd like to get more information and analytics about each guest, simply visit the podcast website at takingyou to the top.cf. Now, let me spend a moment to introduce today's guest before Rami gets started. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Measured Results Marketing. Measured Results Marketing helps business-to-business organizations grow by building a new or transforming their existing technology infrastructure to measure results. With fewer options for in-person communication, companies will need to better utilize the marketing and sales CRM they invested in to scale their organizations. Join Rami in welcoming him to the show. If you have any questions for our guest today, please leave them in the comments section below. That being said, we hope you enjoy today's episode. Without further ado, are you ready to take it to the top?
1: A few moments later.
2: Okay, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. It's episode 16 of Taking You to the Talk.
1: Good, thanks. I'm happy to, happy to be here. I'm happy to be able to join. Great. So uh, to get
2: us started, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, uh, maybe take us back from the beginning, tell us where you're from, uh, where, where your journey started, and how that led you to becoming the founder and CEO of your company.
0: I won't
1: go back too far, but I'm in Northern Virginia, so in the D.C. metro area. I mean, I've always, um, I've always had some sort of business of one way or another. When I was a kid, I would always have the lemonade or vegetable stand, and and those pieces. I think, you know, for this journey, it was really um, I was working with an organization. Um, really enjoyed connecting systems together, and so I would get. Um, bored after six to eight months, and so yeah, I worked for a startup. I seemed to choose companies that were always being acquired or bought, and so you know made that decision that um, when I was looking for my next job, I interviewed for something like twelve positions, gotten nine job offers, and they just did not seem like a place I would last for more than a year, and so that was sort of the impetus for for getting started with with this business. Sure. So if you could tell us about
2: your company, uh, what's your, what you're trying to achieve or what's your main goal with the company? uh, That's a good place to start.
1: Yeah, so I think that, you know, a lot of companies have problems with technology. You know, right now, as you know, we're all, everyone's online, you know, we're not meeting in person. We are doing everything digitally and so yeah, you know, when I founded the company, the goal was really, how can you set up marketing technology stack? So HubSpot, Pardot, Marketo, Eloqua, connected to a CRM system, so Salesforce, Microsoft Dynamics, and build this ecosystem where you could capture everything that came in from leads, measure it to close one opportunities. And so, yeah, the, the role of the business is really to help companies choose the right technology to use for their organizations or you know, or for organizations who already have tools in place. How do you fix it? How do I get leads to my sales team? Or how do I build a process now that sales is all digital? And so that's really what our focus is, is to build, tech, build or fix technology stacks that companies either are trying to build from scratch or fix what they already have and then help with ongoing operations. So most people don't like cleaning out databases, managing users, building lead scoring models, all of the necessary pieces to make it work. And so we also help with the ongoing maintenance or or running of those solutions. And how do you charge? Uh,
2: Is it based on like a a license or is it sort of license plus consulting
1: yeah so we we primarily work with established software we've built a lot of our own applications using api but it's uh, most times it starts with a project so i think Uh, there's a unique thing a, a company needs to fix i can't believe my leads are not going over to the sales team yeah, we are only calling our contacts one time and we should be calling them four times, and emailing them four times. Sure. So it, it starts with a distinct project typically, and then it moves into an ongoing relationship where we are fixing different parts of the company's operations.
2: Okay, and is your company bootstrapped or did you raise
1: capital? Bootstrapped, I'm, um, I'm proud to say that I think We've been approached by organizations to be acquired, um, investors um, to make contributions to the company. I think as we're now building more software and applications, so we are a tech-enabled services company, we are considering investment, but no, we've been bootstrapped from the start. Um, I think it's a good way to keep control if you can do it. Um, You may not grow as fast as you'd like to, but yeah, you know, the, the fact that you're sort of not spending your time answering to a board is um you know sometimes a bit more efficient until you get to a certain certain size and scale.
2: I agree one hundred percent. I mean if you can stay bootstrapped, do that.
1: It's not to easy to lose
2: you know equity.
1: Yeah. You have to be you have to be a bit more patient, but um, you know, other than that, I think the Especially in the size the organization, so there's 71 of us in total, and so that was um, going to be my next question.
2: Okay, so 71 total, and 70, how are they, how are they broken up?
1: Well, so we have a core team of 10, sort of um, sort of the what you would expect as an organization. So head of client services, we have head of marketing automation platforms, head of sales CRM platforms, product development. You know, we're pretty lean otherwise, so you know, we outsource. You know, we help companies do that from an operations standpoint. For us, all of the functions that we can outsource and be efficient, like legal, accounting, you know, those pieces, we've um, outsourced those functions and gotten the right people to do it rather than having to invest the overhead in hiring someone, even though you know, the size company we are it it almost makes sense to do it.
2: Okay, so the other
1: 61 are outsourced? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they are um, professionals in that technology. So we work across um, four or five different platforms and so you can't, you know, to be expert in that, you really need to have someone who is certified um, the most junior person on, on the team has been working in the technologies for over a decade, and so you can imagine um, staffing a Mark, Marketo certified consultant, a Salesforce developer, someone who can build Visual Force pages. Um, you know, I I can't imagine. I think our payroll would be, God, something like ten or fifteen million dollars if we were had all of those individuals on staff, and then it's yeah. You know, how do you predict the, the type of projects you are going to get or the needs for the clients because there are tens of thousands of different softwares out there. so we have a really good team of independent contractors that have long- term relationships to be able to meet those needs. Um, yeah, we have to be a God we have to probably be a fifty to sixty million dollar revenue company to be able to afford you know, hiring that level of resource for our team. Absolutely. And just out of curiosity,
2: uh, are you hiring internationally or are they all based in the US?
1: We, um, so no, we have, um, we have resources of our team that are not in the US. I think we have, um, yeah, you know, they are they're used for our own development. So all of our client work is done in North America. So we have um, individuals in Toronto and Montreal and um sure. those areas. We do have a small development team that we use ourselves um, that's based overseas, but I think for us it's managing against time zone. And so that's uh, a that that's So I'm I'm one of those Crazy people that wakes up at 5 a.m. or 5:30 every morning and um, you know, goes to bed rather early. But you know, we have um, we keep it in North American just to manage manage time zones. But you know, we do have some overseas development for some of the applications we build and such because it is much more economical to do that. Sure, I mean the, the reason the only reason I ask
2: is I find most people outsource development work to Romania, for example.
1: and uh, So I'm just, I'm trying to
2: put together sort of a
1: table. I think it's interesting. I would say that for some of the services pieces, especially in the United States, the Philippines is a great option in terms of culture, customer service and um, a lot of the individuals in the Philippines actually work U.S. hours. Like, I don't, I didn't believe that at first, but, you know, individuals and, and some companies orient their, their time schedules. I think for development, it depends. It's either, you know, Mumbai, um, Bangalore, India, um, you know, sort of formerly a lot of the Eastern European countries have teams, or, you um, it's it's a little bit more of a premium, but I find again from a language interpretation space, Ireland is not a not a bad place to go either in terms of you know, developing apps or you know, the support required for them in in the English language, which is you know, the majority of our the, the customers or clients we work with. So it does it depends on what type of help you need and you know, each. Each country seems to have its reputation. One is really good for, you know, tedious, repetitive tasks. Others are for software development. So it just it depends on what you're looking for. But anyone who touches or works with a client is all North American based. So that's a that's sort of a at least for us it, it keeps it easier. I'd love to, yeah, you know, as you know, it's much cheaper to work with someone in another country, but the the premium to manage that at this point is not um, sort of not worth the the incremental dollars, at least at the at this stage we are in development. Sure. Hopefully that helps to give you
2: sort of some of that. No, no, absolutely. Thank you so much.
1: Um,
2: but this next question is more like if you were starting a company today and you, you want to get your first customers. What do you think, or what was your most effective marketing channel when you first started to spread the word about your company?
1: I mean, it was really the telephone, believe it or not. So it was, um, yeah. my my first My first order of business was actually calling companies who wanted to hire me for roles. I mean, it sounds it sounds a bit audacious, but you know, I said that you know I'm not interested in this position. I've decided to take another path and start my own organization. You know, you evaluated me for this type of role. Would you consider having me do some of that work on a contract basis? Okay. And I actually closed some of those deals. Um, so I work as some of those organizations I still, as a company, do work with. Um, the second best was really LinkedIn. I mean, it was, I think, People are hesitant to pick up the phone and ask and you know, contact people they know or contact, contact old colleagues, but they know your work, they know who you are, and so and, you know they're the most willing to help you. Sure, sure. Um, I think LinkedIn second. It's a good way to find people in a geographic area with a specific need, um, and then you know unfortunately that. You know, online networking is not quite the same as going to events, but you know, I went to any relevant event that I could at that point. I was doing somewhere between five and seven a week. I'd go wow. to meetups and lunch and learns and companies whose software I really appreciated. I would go to you know, events or user conferences, and that was really the way that the company got seated and um, got our first set of clients. Perfect.
2: All right. So um, in this next section is like a, it's a set of questions more for the listeners who are just starting or actually they haven't, uh, they're trying to find an idea. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to find problems that you face, for example, on a, on a daily basis, something maybe that's repetitive, um, something that you just wish, you could pass on to another company to deal deal with for you. So, I mean, over I the past, past few yeah. weeks, have you had any sort of persistent problem or something that you wish could be fixed?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's, you know, now that we've moved all online, a lot of companies have cut budget and their main priorities are how do I retain my existing clients and then how do I prospect to people who there's still a market or they can make investment in services. And so, you know, through that lens or through that context, I mean, I would say for us, it's, for us, it's really managing growth. And so, you know, I would love, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, you know, as you know, as you may know, to manage a services company where you've got a whole host of things organizations need your help with. Um, you know, I'd love to have a magic wand and have a master dashboard that would tell me, you know, how many hours were worked and what's the margins on those projects, and you know, you know tell me the probability of close beyond our ability to figure out that today with you know artificial intelligence or some sort of tools, and then. Um, Pulling information or having additional ideas to build relationships online. And so without the benefit of meeting in person, you know, what are some ideas in order to help facilitate that, those relationships, network, you know, learn more about someone without having to go through a pretty complex process now, right? So you would look someone up on LinkedIn and understand what interests are and, See if they're part of communities and posting um, what challenges are, and see if you could potentially help them. It's particularly difficult to do that work today, where where previously that would happen organically. You, know, you you'd meet someone and talk about something and realize that you, know, you both liked boating or you know getting out on the water. You know, how do you build that relationship or? have some of that background in the context of these calls where people are very constrained with their time. And so um, their applications like that would be useful or ways to consolidate, I would call it like an operations dashboard. A lot of companies have, you know, here's how our online campaigns are performing, you know, here's sort of metrics and operations, but they all live in different systems. It's really hard to get a full picture of an entire business in one system. You typically have to piece that together. I'd love to be able to do that. Log into my computer. Here are your five different dashboards with the five key metrics, and um, and then do a better better job of predicting the future than you know I or the or the sales team are currently able to do today. Sure.
2: And um, would. With- would that be worth paying for if somebody came up with something like that? Oh, absolutely.
1: It would save us hours and hours and hours. So, I mean, I, you know, I'd I'd love to do a time study internally to see how much time we use to pull metrics and understand the business. But yes, I mean, that would be worth quite a bit. That would probably save at least a day a week in resources across the team to pull that, that information or do those pieces. So yeah, it would um absolutely wor- be worth investing. But yeah, the challenge is how can you easily pull all of that stuff together and customize it enough for the business that we have in order for it to make sense? Sure. Okay, great. Uh, so let's wrap
2: up with the famous five. Um, number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: I like traction now. I'm reading the revised version of it. So it's about essentially measuring your business against certain areas and, and how do you improve. I think that's a, that's a really good framework and I, um, I use that quite a bit. And so I'm, I'm enjoying sort of reading or rereading that now. It's called traction now or traction? It's called traction.
2: Um, number two is there a CEO you're following your study?
1: No I'd say that' I'm, um, I'm relying on a board of advisors so there's not a single CEO that I'm that I'm following I'm looking at and seeing sort of trends in mark in market but I'm you know, I'm fortunate to have a group of five to six advisors that I can really lean on and um, that have had experiences starting services companies, starting software companies, and you know, really leaning on them heavily to, you know, to help or you know, get questions answered. So it's, I manage it that way rather than following a, a, an, an individual. I have sure. Sure. tons I follow via LinkedIn, but um, this is sort of a group that, is, um, that I, can, I can kind of count on to get advice and, and talk through some challenges with. Great. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for growing your business? I think it's LinkedIn. I mean, I I talked about that previously. I would say that roughly a third of our net new acquisitions or business come through that tool. And so it is very helpful. Um, We invest in the the, the, um, sales version of that tool. I don't remember exactly what they're calling it now. But... But the sales navigator. Sales navigator, and so it's great. And then we integrate it with Salesforce and our other tools to find, you know, contacts in these organizations. So it's um it's been, it's been great since it's been great since the start. Great. Um,
2: number four, if you could give your twenty year old self a piece of advice, what would that be, or what did you wish you knew when you were twenty?
1: I wish, I wish when I was 20, I would trust my judgment a bit better when things were not working out. I think sometimes I was a bit too patient. I know that's, that's hard to say to a 20-year-old, right? As a 20-year-old, I wasn't particularly patient and um, had really high expectations and really quickly. But I would say that it, you should really look at what you're doing and how you're doing it. And if it doesn't feel right. It's not in the direction you want to go. You know, as, as a 20 year old, you have lots of time to experiment and try things. And so if it's not a fit, don't, don't just stay with what you're doing. Try something else, because that's really the time that you can take those risks and and, and try things without um, having to worry about things like, you know, I have a family, I have a young son. Um, you know, there's a lot more obligations that you have that make you a little bit less make you a little bit more risk averse than you are when you're when you're 20. And number five how many
2: how many hours of sleep do you get every night?
1: Um, between seven and eight I mean for me sleep is really important I find that if I don't sleep enough I'm not making as good a decisions I'm not as alert and focused and you know in this role there's a lot of people counting on you and so you yeah, know, one of the best things I can do is get a good night's sleep. So and that's the other bit of advice unsolicited, I would say, is that, you know, I understand, especially in the States, um, yeah, it's not as much outside of the States, but it's, um, it's still prevalent that, you know, the more you work, the harder you work, the, the more you'll advance, and the more quickly you'll do it. I think that getting proper rest and thinking clearly will save you all sorts of... Extra hours that you're not sleeping. I can't say that some weeks, um, you know, some weeks is definitely a push to get things done. But right. you know, right. by and large, um, sleep is something you should not um, you should not skimp on. Right. I mean, I guess that just leads to
2: smarter decisions,
1: more efficient. Yeah, I mean, just think about it. If you're up, I mean. I've had, I mean, we still have those nights as a big prospect or a client and, you know, we need to stay up late to get something done or I work with a proposal team to get something done and they want me to review it at, you know, 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. So you do that from time to time. But I'll tell you, when I look at that work the next morning at like 5.30 or 6 a.m., sometimes I'm wondering what we were thinking like why didn't we just wait until the next morning and work on it while we were fresh like some of the words don't make sense or some of those bits are just not not nearly as they could have been if we were just waited until the next morning
2: all right Chris thank you so much for joining me today it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast and hopefully in a year's time maybe we can have a follow-up call to see where things have gone what's changed that would be really interesting
1: no i really appreciate the invite and being part of this and if anyone has any questions about sort of um my company how we got there and some of the resources i'm happy to be a resource for them we've had a lot of help in terms of getting to the position we are as an organization and i always like to you know, give back and and help either, you know, entrepreneurs that are trying to take a a similar path. Sure. Really, thank you so much, Chris. Great. Thanks.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by audible.com. Audible is a seller and producer of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming on the internet. Audible sells digital audio books, radio and TV programs, and audio versions of magazines and newspapers. To start using Audible today, please visit their website at www.audible.com. That's www.audible.com.